Okay. Ginger, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast here and having a little bit of a chat. Uh, do you mind uh, telling everybody who you are and uh, what is it that you do? Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Ginger. I do a bunch of nothing and a bunch of everything kind of at the same time. Um, I'm kind of what they call a digital nom- a digital nomad. Um, so I'm currently an online graduate student. I'm working on my MBA in finance. And I travel the country doing house sitting and pet sitting. Um, this is going on my eighth month of doing this now. So technically houseless. Um, I just bounce around traveling and studying and I had an online work from home job when I started all of this. So um, it kind of just allowed me to float wherever I felt like going. So it's been a pretty big adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When uh, I first met you, we I I guess we were both in British Columbia, Canada, I, mm-hmm. Canada, yeah, uh, Yoho, I think it was provincial park or no national park, yeah, uh, Dog Lake, Dog Lake, yes, um, super. That's cool. right because you had a couple dogs with you, I, yeah, and I had a couple dogs with me. Out of all things, like what a strange coincidence. So. Um, yeah, I was out by myself. Just uh, I was kind of dog sitting my uncle's dog, and I had my little rat dog with me too in a little pouch. And uh, yeah, I went for a hike, just kind of clear my mind, get some fresh air, as I do. And you know, as you can probably tell for those that follow me on Instagram, uh, went out to the big hike. Didn't really know exactly what Dog Lake was or that trail was like. I kind of just went in aimlessly. Got to the end of it nice little lake kind of expected more but it was still really beautiful got some really good shots of it um and then uh i guess as the sun was setting i heard a wolf howl across the lake and determined that was uh time to uh get the f out of there (laughs) (laughs) and then uh that's when i guess i kind of ran into you on the trail yeah and that's uh how we met it was a pretty i thought it was a pretty cool experience uh i really enjoyed it really enjoyed like the chat back and we kind of arranged to do this at some point and i'm glad that um it's finally happening months and months later yeah yeah no that was kind of crazy a crazy coincidence for me too because um living in the united states when i i didn't realize when i crossed over into canada that I still had cell service, but I didn't have data to be able to research, like, what are some good trails in the area? So I was kind of doing everything old school, like with the maps and all of that, just reading the signs. And I just sort of randomly ended up there because I was at a campsite right next to that trail. Um, Cool. Yeah, we just bumped into each other. That was funny. Yeah. It's always so nice, too, to connect with people when I'm traveling alone because it can start to feel lonely, but conversations like that just remind me that i'm never really alone um yeah i don't know i got this weird relationship with loneliness it's where like it does uh get quite i guess lonely and i guess you can kind of get a bit of sorrow if you have too much of it but Mm -hmm. it also gives you like solitude and peace of mind yeah and sometimes when there's like too much noise from people and uh, like stuff like that I don't know, you kind of appreciate the loneliness. So it's it's a, it's this weird sort of like 
um well, I guess like a tug of war with how you balance mm-hmm. it and how you look at it. And I think as long as you frame your mind positively and always kind of take advantage of like the lonely, mm-hmm. then I don't think it uh, necessarily becomes a bad thing. But um, maybe it's a good thing in a way, like the silver lining is that it motivates you to kind of like engage with other people like that you wouldn't normally engage with. And then you kind of make this cool connection and you're like, dang i'm really glad i talked to that person they were insightful they really they informed me about this thing i didn't know about now i'm gonna go look and research into this and yeah we're more alike than different yeah it's like you just start networking in a way too like Mm -hmm. oh you know they're a really cool person i'm glad i had this like i don't know and then you can start getting into like the spiritual stuff about it where it's like the universe kind of like works in mysterious ways and it's like they put certain people in your path to like age you in like little different ways whether it's just like you know maybe it's doing a podcast or it's just like you know some sort of thing to better your life whatever that might be i can't really think of like the smaller little nuances it could be but maybe they just recommend like a good place to go hike and then you end up going to that place to go hike and then you have like an even more like phenomenal experience and it's just like this breadcrumb trail of experiences no totally the way that it all unravels I say this a lot. It's, I feel like whenever we're living in alignment with what we feel like is best serving our highest selves. And when we're, you know, doing our work, doing our tasks throughout the day with integrity and intention, the way that things just unfold and unravel, it's almost like kind of a visualization that I've used is it feels like the universe is this giant hand and it's just cradling me, like holding me in the, in its palm. Yeah. I don't know. I have never, let's see, what do I think of it as? Uh, it's either like complexity from, it's just so complex that like it's, it appears as chaos, but it's actually like, organized but it's just mm-hmm. at such a large scale that it just appears um disorderly and sort of like i don't know unpredictable but then at <laughs> the same time like things kind of fall in place sometimes but then sometimes like things don't fall in place and it like it like feels like the world like the universe is against me <laughs> but yeah. i've had i've had like bad things happen to me but then I don't know if it was me or coincidence or luck, maybe a combination of all those things, but it kind of led to like something good down the road that was sort of like consequential Mm -hmm. of that bad thing happening, whether it was like, you know, like a breakup and then that breakup causes you to like, I don't know, do something else, go somewhere else or work somewhere else or, Mm -hmm. and then then you look back, you know, a year down the road and you're like, huh. I remember being pretty miserable this time last year because of this or that. But now because of this or that, I'm here. And it's weird. Isn't that wild? It's like everything that we have done and everything that has happened to us up until this point is to lead us to this exact moment right now. Yeah. yeah, And I guess pain and loss kind of acts as like a weird motivator as well in a way. So it's kind of like this weird, like universal balance of like good and bad. It's like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, going back to the digital nomadness, like I want to hear yeah. about your adventures. I want to hear about the coolest things you've seen. 
uh you know i started following you on instagram i've seen glimpses of it i saw skydiving i saw um (laughs) i don't know you're going all over the place you told i think i was talking to you yesterday you said you're going to a beach i'm covered in snow right now and i was like she's at a beach where is she (laughs) um i'm currently in san carlos california this is actually my last house sit on my big i've done a big loop around the country so i started in texas back in um, april my lease ended there that's where i'm from Uh, that's where my family lives and once my lease ended i sold everything that didn't fit in my car and just hit the road um love it i booked out a bunch of house sits um through a couple different platforms but and this was this is probably something that I'm glad that I did it, but in a way, it almost has it has prevented me from flowing a little bit more organically because I planned out all of these house sits like eight months in advance. Um, so in a way, it, it's provided me some comfort, like knowing, oh, okay, this is where I'm going to be living next week um since you know i basically i don't have a house i depend on my house sits or camping or friends that i'm staying with um but i went from texas i was up in colorado for about three months um i went through yellowstone and the grand tetons and all of that in wyoming just living your best life eh? yeah, yeah i i stayed with some family up in Idaho and North Idaho, which is when I made the trip to like the Banff area and we met. Um, So I got to stay on my family's farm in Idaho and learned like some farming skills, which was really neat. Um, Got to explore some of Montana while I was there, Uh, spent a while in Washington, and now I'm slowly making my way back down south. Um, traveling down the west coast to get back to texas for the holidays yeah stay down there it's warm (laughs) (laughs) i'm avoiding the snow at all costs for now (laughs) it is snowy it is quite snowy it's finally hit it's like november 1st it came in like a freight train it uh without remorse either came in hot like came in cold and heavy oof and the darkness too it's slowly creeping in and the days are getting shorter yeah, good old daylight savings time, which uh, yeah. not all Canadian provinces participate in. But I think that's what I heard. Yeah, but I think we should get rid of it. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I'm not really a fan of it. Um, everyone gets tired. They lose like an hour of sleep. There's like more car accidents. It happens around a time in Canada where the roads are in worse condition than in the summer. Um, I don't know. Our th- my other recommendation is to do it like five minutes every day for like a week or two weeks or something oh, like that. Oh, heck yeah. And then just uh-huh. like a slow integration. So when you're late for work, it's like, it's only like a couple of minutes. It's not the end of the Yeah, it's sort of like the leap year thing. It's like 365 and a quarter days every year to make up for, I don't know. That's what they say. Like yeah. the year, the one whole year is actually 365 and a quarter days, yeah. but we add a whole extra day like every four years when if we would just the compass, take like yeah. a yeah take a few extra hours yeah that would be weird if you had like what, what would that hour be in the day it would be like i don't know midnight and a quarter or something like that yeah <laughs> quarter hour it could, it could be like a new haunting hour or something that'd be cool oh my goodness <laughs> um 
Yeah. So what was the most memorable place you visited in the past eight months? Like, Ooh, I think probably my, my little trip up to Banff. Um, I think that will be one that I will never forget because that was literally the night before I went to Canada. Um, my family lives up in North Idaho, so they're probably the last town before driving across the border. Like everything else is farmland north of them. Um, and I didn't realize Banff was only like three or four hours away from where I had been living all summer. It's crazy. It's like a a different world, like a different country. It's just like right there. It it was so close. So I kind of spontaneously planned the night before, like, I think I'll just go to Canada by myself tomorrow. Um, everyone was like working and they had some chores and stuff that they were doing and, um, just stuff that I wasn't really being very helpful with. Um, so I, I think I was there for five or six days, um, and it was, oh, this dog, I'm sorry. It's okay, yeah, go deal with him. Hey, hey, come here, come inside. Get him on the podcast. Oh my goodness, <laughs> doggo. <laughs> okay. Let's see, uh, so I was in, took myself to Canada for like a five or six day adventure. Um, And like I said, I didn't have any data. I was doing everything like the old fashioned way with maps and stuff. And it was so nice just completely disconnecting for that chunk of time and really feeling, it's really empowering when I do stuff like that as a, solo independent woman um it's like that reminder that i can literally do whatever i want and the only thing that ever is stopping me is myself um so i've had a lot of moments like that of just like what the hell am i doing right now look at where i am just these amazing views you know standing over lake louise and it's just magic. It's really neat. And it's, it makes it even that much more special. I think that I've gotten to create this for myself. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Like it's the coolest thing that, uh, a lot of people do is they go out and they find who they are, like, uh, what they're capable of and they challenge themselves and they get out of their comfort zone. And when you do that, uh, I feel like you grow, you grow, you become mm-hmm. a better person, the best version of yourself and you pick up like new pieces of you along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think anything could have prepared me for that during the past year of my life. Just, I think going into this, I was thinking, you know, this is going to be the biggest adventure of my life probably. And it has, but also all of the learning and little lessons that have been integrated into every little thing now that my lifestyle has completely shifted it's there really is no way I could have prepared for for all of that yeah um for me I don't know I I feel like when I travel and like I get it's sort of like you know the phone disconnects there's no service for like x amount of miles yeah it's you get the I feel like you really get to know yourself better, like in a way, because mm-hmm. you um you become self reliant, you become self prepared. You gotta like 
have your ducks lined up. Uh, you're very, you become more resourceful and, um, it's in a way I feel I've already said this, but like, you know, you become like a better version of yourself and I don't know. And there's like certain places you visit that are kind of like very beautiful, whether it's like a certain mountain waterfall or lake or anything like that. And it's awe-inspiring it like Mm -hmm. triggers something in the brain to kind of motivate you to do more to like stay fit to keep healthy definitely Um, i started like exploring into um, like yoga and stuff like that and sort of listening to some of these uh people that are like i guess gurus on it and stuff like Mm -hmm. that listen to like a few podcasts with them and then there's like the whole spiritual aspect of it and I'm not the most spiritual person in the world, but I'm very open to it. And I am definitely intrigued by like, you know, hearing about it. Mm-hmm. And some of these like uh, yogis, um, one of their things is they think, you know, very um, significant natural formations or places like rarities or oddities within the natural world mm-hmm. um, sort of have like this like natural energy to it whether it's positive or negative or whatever it is but it's like a source of like i don't know energy power i can't really remember exactly how they explained it but yeah so i don't know i always felt like you know i I don't know what i believe but it's like if it's true well then i hopefully i'm getting the benefits of it you know while i'm out there hiking Mm -hmm. and doing all that stuff and sort of like open to it and i don't know yeah the natural world i think is it's a pretty good reminder of, you know, it's, I think this is, this is probably a perspective thing, but really it's all just a bunch of energy swirling around and we're a bundle of cells and that mountain in front of me is just a different bundle of elements and chemicals and things. And, um, it makes me feel pretty small sometimes standing in front of those gigantic mountains and like massive lakes and all of that. But Uh, I think a common theme that keeps surfacing for me is you are significant and you matter even as small as I feel like looking up at the night sky and all of those stars like thousands and millions of miles away, this moment and this thing that I'm doing right now does matter and the ripple effects that, you know, maybe a lot of my journey is spent by myself, but the connections that I make and the conversations that I have and all of it, it it matters and it's significant and call it energy, call it whatever. But yeah, I I feel like it's easier to remember things like that. And it's easier to have these just, you know, really spiritually enlightened moments when you're doing these extravagant out of the ordinary things. But the, all of that is it's everywhere it's in every moment it's in every breath it's just we forget about it and then we remember when we're in nature and hiking and all of that is such a good it's such a good returning to that when you meet certain people or you go certain places you may not remember exactly what they said to you exactly what you did at those places but what you do take away or what at least what i take away or what i remember the most is how that um place made me feel that experience Mm -hmm. or that person made me feel and usually how I regard somebody or think of somebody 
is how they made me feel. Did they make me feel welcome? Did they make me not feel welcome? Did they make me feel dumb? Did they make me feel smart? You know, and then that sort of forms my opinion on people and and places as well, right? If you have a positive experience somewhere and you're just kind of like awestruck at something, you're gonna be like, you're just you're gonna remember that. Totally, that's all you're really going to remember, and maybe that's what's important. It's sort of like that emotional connection to like uh, the lived experience, but it's yeah. it's going back to sort of like that science stuff where uh, you know everything's sort of just made up of like particles and basic. Um, elements and stuff like that it's sort of interesting because at some point you know if you want to follow the i guess traditional scientific uh hypothesis it's like you know everything um starts off as like simple you know uh elements and then over time they sort of combine and form Mm -hmm. and uh gain complexity and then at some point um that complexity will turn into life and then that, that like and then they'll become like a simple organism and it's sort of weird like whatever that little barrier between like i guess it's like i guess you could call it like a spark mm-hmm. whatever sparks those elements into shifting into that direction of complexity like how narrow is that veil between a rock and a mountain and you know like an amoeba or like a bacteria right. or like you know a plant or like a person and it's like we're kind of all sort of we're all what's the cheesy saying we're all made of stardust like that's basically yeah. What like, yeah so it's kind of like oftentimes we look at ourselves as being separate from the universe because we're kind of like observing it as with like our own consciousness but we're actually in a way the universe observing itself from within itself mm-hmm. which is like i don't know it's always kind of interesting to think <laughs> like i'm not separate from it i'm a part of it but it, definitely but at the same time like the human experience it sort of feels like we are separate from it but maybe that's just i don't know i um, think that's a that's a thing that you know traveling alone and doing a lot of stuff independently um loneliness like we were talking about and this idea of separation um it it comes up a lot for me but in a way it's almost like being alone and feeling separate and taking that and using it to learn more about yourself. It's through that self-study. And this is a, this is another little thing, a limb of yoga. It's called Svadhyaya, self-study. Mm-hmm. Um, through self-study, we remember all of that, that wait a minute, we're not separate at all. We're not alone at all. Um, maybe sometimes it feels like it, but you know, this is a feeling, it will pass, it is not truth. Um, and also too, you meant, you kind of grazed by something that I wanted to circle back around to about how places and people and like connections that you make, remembering how they make you feel and that kind of being what sticks with you. Um, when we were in I don't remember what the park was that we met at. You said it was, it was not Banff. I it was, was Yoho. But maybe, I thought it was, I think it might have been Kootenai. Okay, maybe it was Kootenai. That's probably, I can Google it real quick. Okay, so when we were in Kootenai, um, I remember there was nobody out on that trail. And I also heard that wolf and it was kind of getting dark. And you were the only other human that I remember passing. And... 
that can be super scary as a solo female traveler, like walking around in the forest by myself. And I think I had mentioned this to you, like when we first crossed paths, I was like, my awareness was really heightened. Um, You know, I just was being prepared for anything that could have happened. And then we started chatting and it was just like, I remember that feeling of that same feeling like (laughs) you mentioned, feeling welcomed. I felt really safe. And that was such a relief, um, yeah. especially like, I mean, just being alone in like this random country in the forest all alone. And apparently there's wolves running around. And now, you know, I've met a stranger, but who could be it a was murderer. a really great. Yeah, seriously, like, it could have yeah. been anything. Yeah, but yeah, it was is, a really that good That is pretty scary. Like, um, that they, like oftentimes people are always kind of nervous about bears wolves mm-hmm. you know whatever wildlife but uh human real, predators the real threat i think is people yeah um and then you look at the stats of like the missing 411 and you see like all these hikers you know they went out mm-hmm. alone this and that and any like realistically anything could have really gotten them an accident uh, a heart attack and then you know some animal comes along takes the body mm-hmm. they go missing or you know maybe it is an animal attack but you know if you were a murderer what what would you do if you you know what i mean you would go out onto a random trail where there's no like cell phone yeah service. probably look for someone like me walking around yeah, by some, myself without yeah, cell service exactly. <laughs> like it so i always when people because i have a lot of friends that are kind of like like city people and they don't really get out too much but they're always like, oh, aren't you scared of bears? Aren't you scared of this? I'm like, no, it's the people I'm scared of. Yeah. I'm, you never know who. Well, I'm so glad. Thank was. you so much for not murdering me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you initially believed that I was a murderer. And <laughs> it makes me, I think I should reflect on my physical appearance and how I carry myself better. But I'm no, glad you I'm, had dog. You were traveling with all these dogs and like you had a big camera bag it was not scary at all i just have to be extra careful (laughs) yeah it's like uh i talked to some of my other like uh girlfriends out there and they're just kind of like yeah like i carry pepper spray not really Mm -hmm. for the bears (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah they say a lot of the a lot of the and canada is interesting about i guess bear spray isn't as much of a thing there and the way that y'all tend to the environment, and it sounds like the relationship that Canadians have with the, with the outside world is a lot different than a lot of the national parks and spaces that I've been to in the U.S. Um, but bear spray is like, everyone's like, oh, you're going to you're going to Yellowstone. You better get some bear spray. And you know, half of the places when I went when I went to Yellowstone I was only there for a couple hours and I didn't step foot off of a paved surface and oh, really? yeah, that's what it's like, like I don't know if it's just this marketing thing that it's they're trying to for like uh outside outdoor tourism so you make it more right available but with like the with the bear people. spray I don't know if it's just you know to get make more money for the parks but there was no way that bear spray would have been even necessary yeah. at all. And yeah. like these tourists coming in with, you know, flip flops on or buying bear spray, like they're going to encounter stuff like that. There's definitely a bit of that. There's definitely, they're making some money off people's like uh, 
phobias or fears mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like well if we can make a buck might as well like you know but uh, right when it's when it's heavily curated and those areas are sort of like that and there's a lot of people plus then you have conservation efforts of them kind of like shooing away bears and stuff like that mm-hmm. unless you're off alone by yourself in the backwoods somewhere your chances of encountering a bear that's going to like prey on you is very slim if you're yeah. dealing with like a bear that's thriving off humans and their refuse and garbage it's going to be way more like interested in your garbage than you because uh-huh. it's a lot less work for it and it's uh, bears kind of naturally do scavenge and i think most of their diet isn't even really meat anyway it's like grasses and berries and mm-hmm. you know whatever they kind of mow on in the springtime they love dandelions so they're just mowing dandelions non-stop just like yeah omnivores animals. yeah so every now and then they do make a pretty big kill but even then they're kind of like they go after like fawns and stuff like stuff mm-hmm. that's like weaker humans are scarier i've been crossing my fingers hoping that i would come across a bear during my travels and i have yet to see one so best times is like uh dusk and dawn like that those little twilight hours mm-hmm. and it's also seasonal depending on where it is but yeah i don't know i've seen a few i'm pretty happy i got some videos of them up on my instagram there but, i know i've seen those yeah. it's awesome I love, I love that kind of stuff but uh yeah it's funny i always make the joke like oh yeah when you deploy the bear spray on a bear if you're close enough you're basically just a spicy meatball at that point <laughs> like like the usefulness of like the bear spray is gauged by distance and like it's just kind of like well if you're that close to a bear it's almost over. Done <laughs> for. Mm-hmm. but um yeah i don't know um the missing 411 like those cases in the states and stuff like that it's off it, that pops into my mind a lot and i'm always but like i don't know i like i think i've gotten a lot more i think i've gotten a lot more hesitant to do create and i don't know if this is just because the change of the weather and it's getting a little bit more overcast it's getting a little chilly and this texan gal when it gets you know a slight (laughs) breeze blows through i'm like i am staying indoors um, but I haven't been going on as many just wild out there hikes and adventures like when we met yeah. uh, when I was on that trip. And I don't know if it's because of some of that just getting a little bit hesitant of being afraid or the seasons or what is going on. Maybe you got your fill and then, you know, uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And then uh, once you're away from it for a little bit, you're going to be like, oh, I'll be back to trip. it. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe it's the weather and seasons. There's like this little, I forget what it's from, but it's, I think it's from a book or something or some sort of ancient tablet, but it's like as above, so below, where it's kind of like, and what usually most people take away from that is that as, you know, the celestial like circumstances change and like the earth's rotation around the sun, you know, so does sort of like down below on earth, you know, the Mm -hmm. seasons change and then. Oh, absolutely. And you think about how in the fall and in the winter, you know, the the wind is a little bit colder. Things are kind of blowing around a lot faster. The leaves are withering away and falling off the trees. And energetically, it's like the days are getting shorter, too. And like we mentioned, yeah, less sun. We're kind of drawing inwards and i almost feel like i'm closing off a bit to doing 
crazy adventurous things right now. And I think it's some of that same idea of just drawing inwards and slowing down and trying to balance all of that swirling wind. And um, it kind of does the same thing sometimes to my thoughts, just like anxious thinking like, what's coming next? What am I about to do? What am I eating for lunch? Like what's happening next week? Where am I going next? And I find that same thing that's going on in nature is sort of reflecting in my human experience as well. Yeah, for me this year, I moved across Canada. I went from Ontario, which is kind of like a state. We call them provinces up here because we like to be different and moved to Alberta. (laughs) And Alberta is definitely much, much colder and the snow comes a lot earlier. But luckily for me, I picked up some winter sports and hobbies. One of those being snowboarding. And I haven't hit up any of the West Coast mountains yet, especially around Banff and Jasper. Oh, that'll be awesome. So I have a bucket list this winter coming up. And my snowboard is in a shipping container right now. And it's en route to Alberta. (sighs) And it should be here by November 17th at the latest. So I'm going to make the most of my outdoor adventures this winter. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I'll be moving to Colorado in the, at the start of the new year. And this will be my first time actually doing the whole winter thing. Yeah. Um, and I actually will be working on a farm. So there will be no avoiding the snow. I'm going to have to be getting all up in it every single day. And I'm pretty nervous about it, but also excited for that same reason with access to winter sports i like to ski um so that'll be really really neat being close to the mountains and the slopes and all of that colorado's beautiful there's so many places in the states i've yet to visit and you know oh man like what is it boulder her boulders really yeah that's where i'm moving oh you're living in the most beautiful colorado (laughs) yeah i got to go and see the farm uh that i'm moving to last week and it's it's incredible the the view from the property is you can see the flat irons this mountain range it's amazing is it like a horse farm or like a cattle farm or it's an everything farm so they're doing like permaculture um this is their first year they they had it as a homestead in the past and this is their first year trying to transition to a full uh, csa farm um, so they're growing a lot of things. They built a couple of greenhouses so we can actually continue growing things through the snow. Um, they've got a couple of goats. They've got some cattle. One of the cows is actually pregnant right now. So we should be having baby calves running around in the spring or the summer. That'll be cool. um, yeah, they, they have a bunch of chickens. It's, it's a whole farm. That's exciting. That'll be a cool experience for sure. Colorado, and especially if you get to sneak some skiing in there along the way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Couldn't, couldn't ask for more than that. The, the 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 internet nomad or online, what is it? Digital nomad. Digital nomad. Mm-hmm. It's such an <laughs> intriguing lifestyle because it's really making the most out of your life. And um, there's the, the cheesy saying, what is it, like YOLO? But um, there's a... Um, <laughs> There's a much there's a much better way of looking at it, and I was I've been reading up on some philosophy recently, 
and this one that hit me well this isn't recently this was within like the last like couple of years but it kind of like reflected on how i'm going to live my life so anyway this uh i think it's uh frederick nietzsche or nietzsche but basically in this like story he says you know you're approached by an entity and this entity tells you you're going to relive your life an innumerable amount of times continuously for all eternity but you'll have no recollection of your life and you're destined to basically relive your life over and over and over again the same no matter what for all eternity and what he poses in it is that you're faced with uh you'll have one of two reactions to this you'll either uh you know like bless them or like praise them as an angel for blessing you with this like incredible you know circumstance um or you'll curse them as a demon for putting this like curse on you and making you have to relive this life and depending on how you react to that um blessing or curse whether you regard it as that kind of frames how you've been living your life Hmm. and it's like if if you think of it as a blessing then you've been living a good life or you've been Mm -hmm. making you've been making a life worth living for an eternity and granted there are things that happen to us that we have no control over that are really Mm -hmm. bad but maybe if we change that by making it by filling it with more good then the bad will be bearable in retrospect maybe and then um if you regard it as a demon, then obviously maybe you haven't been living a life worth living. And I think wow. obviously it's not a fully formed um, philosophy, but it's um, it's a pretty good one to like think about. It's like what I want to relive this life over and over again. Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then maybe just maybe like this is what I thought to myself. Maybe I'm living my life wrong. Maybe Seriously. I'm not. Maybe I'm not living a life worth living. Maybe I need to start doing things that I love, that I appreciate, you know, and then make it so when you know I happen to be laying on my deathbed, I can say that was a good go around. And yeah. then even like the sad moments and the, you know, the hurtful stuff. It was like ah, uh, you know, it, it it pales in comparison to the the love and the um mm-hmm. joy that i found along the way for myself so i don't know that's oh absolutely it's like we are the creators of our own reality and what's that what's that quote um life is happening for you not to you i yeah, think something the like di- the digital nomad thing with people just kind of taking their life by the horns and you know, taking control of how they want to be living their every day. It's, I think I started to feel that when I was back in Texas doing the whole nine to five job, like dreading getting out of bed every day. It was so difficult. And then, you know, you, you do the work day just to be able to afford rent. And then at the end of the day, get home make dinner, go to sleep, do the same thing all over again. And it's just like, why are we letting the days just slip away like this when we are the creators of our own reality? Like it doesn't have to be like this just because society has done it like this forever. You know, we have new opportunities now with the, it being the age of technology that we can do anything that we want. And the only thing that's stopping us is 
ourselves. If you don't control your fate, your fate will control you. That yeah. is that is a saying that kind of hits home to me as well. And uh, I've been in similar positions and uh, recently it kind of resulted in me moving across the country this year. It's like, you know, I kind of followed, you know, my uh, mother's advice before she passed away. It was kind of like, get a good job, get a job with benefits, get, uh, you know, buy a house, uh, you know, and that's it. Like, and then the rest will fall in place, um, which I did. But when uh, you do that, you're, and then you just kind of, rinse and repeat every day and you're not doing mm-hmm. a job that you're passionate about or that you love it doesn't um, spark joy it doesn't spark joy you're just uh rolling on autopilot or like um whatever and then i'm kind of just like hmm this um only works if what you do for a living is uh you're passionate about if you're not Definitely. pursuing your passions or you're not pursuing like the things you enjoy then you're just and you're just doing something to kind of like buy laundry detergent and paper towels every week. Mm-hmm. Um, your life, I felt like my life wasn't um, very, uh, it could have been a lot better. And so I made changes and my yeah. life for the moment has exponentially increased in enjoyment and uh, excitement and all these different things. And it's still not perfect, but you know what the silver lining with that is? there's always room for improvement and then as long as we're pursuing improvement and sort of like pursuing happiness and sort of having those goals to kind of like motivate us to keep going Mm -hmm. i feel like that's like it's a part of the journey and the journey is like pretty enjoyable too it's not always the destination right but like the destination is always kind of pretty cool especially if it's like a really awesome lake or mountaintop or sunset whatever it is so but you know when you drive through the mountains that's the journey and it's not really a destination but that journey is awestrucking and it's just like holy mm-hmm. crap this is beautiful and like i'm a i'm amazed seriously by some alone. of those drives from place to place like when i'm driving between different states to get to another house sit those in between parts of the journey um it's not even like oh my life is filled with so much joy I feel like my life is filled with so much more of everything now. Like I feel things so much, so much more presently and on a deeper level. Like I'll just be on those drives and sometimes I bust out into tears, crying from joy. Like, wow, I'm so grateful that I'm living this life that I'm living and look at this magic that I'm creating. And sometimes it's just sorrow and it's sort of a different kind of sorrow than wow i'm wasting my days away you know mm. working all day it's just like i i'm i'm feeling everything a lot deeper because i'm able to be more present and less distracted by all of the shoulds and you know society says you should get a job and you should like you said like get something with benefits and insurance and all of these shoulds if we if we act like these are rules to live by if these are truth then you know it it leaves a lot of room for just being miserable and suffering and i found that feeling deeper all of the range of human emotions like it doesn't mean i have to be you know if i feel sadness it doesn't mean i have to be sad i just wow i hold space for experiencing sadness like ah today Um, actually before we started this podcast this morning, I was feeling so lonely this morning and I just kind of hold space for that. And 
acknowledged, ah, here's this feeling that I'm feeling and it passed and now we're visiting and like, I'm not lonely anymore. (laughs) But yeah, the being present with, with however we can create this experience for ourselves, like we're in charge and it's, it's so much more present and I, I'm enjoying it. Do you think more and more people are experiencing loneliness than like they ever have? I think, yeah. And probably ironically, we're supposed to be this connected world with all of our access to technology. And, you know, you're completely on, I don't know how many hundred miles away you are from me right now, but you're in Canada. I'm in Southern California. Um, and like we're connected, but I think it, it depends on the types of conversations that we're having and what we're doing with that access to connection. I can't stand small talk. Small talk kills me. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, this person doesn't want to hear me talking. They don't Mm -hmm. care. And I'd hate small talk. So I'm like, I don't even want to be talking right now, but I'm still doing it. And it's like this weird, um, like orchestrated sort of like scripted thing yeah. that nobody wants to participate in. Cause it's not meaningful mm-hmm. and it's not doing anything, but it, it's like, I can't sit in silence cause then it's awkward or something. Yeah. But- I felt a lot of that since I've, I've started my travels. I had mentioned, uh, before this to you that, Sorry if I'm a little bit out of practice, like conversing. I feel like I haven't been having that much human interaction lately. And it's it's just that, though. It's that the shallow conversations and, oh, hi, good morning. Like walking into the office every day, like how's the weather? None of that has been happening. And sometimes I'll get like social anxiety sometimes now mm-hmm. when I'm around groups yeah. um, because I do just want to sit and like have these conversations about what are you doing to fill your cup and bring, bring presence and enjoyment to your life. And what are you, what are you working on? Like things like that. And yeah, stuff with like social media, it, it it's not fulfilling it. It's like we're connecting for the name in the in the name of being connected but what conversations are we actually having and what are we actually using that for it's not meaningful and oftentimes it's being used for things to be meaningful but in the negative spectrum and it's uh not good you know uh it's if i feel like these algorithm stuff rarely embrace positivity or like um like I don't know, maybe like spiritual spirituality, I guess, like, or just like kind of like, I don't know, like Insta, like social media, it's connected, but it's also like kind of soulless in a way too, because it's yeah. uh, superficial, you know. Right. Um, I but, find that on days when I'm feeling lonely during my travels, and I start to seek connection. Whenever I get on social media, like, oh, here's connection, here's community. I'm usually left afterwards feeling worse than I did before. And oh, no. I know a lot of that has to do with like, I've, I've unfollowed some accounts and like I followed some, some better ones that feel a bit better. But when we're just, ooh, there was this, this Huberman lab, um, Dr. Huberman, I think his name is, um, had this podcast and talked about how gratification 
this instant gratification without having to apply any effort like oh i want a dump of dopamine in my brain so we just pop on our instagram or whatever social media we use and we get these little baby bursts of dopamine mm-hmm. we're not actually having to work and do things to get that like oh i'm gonna peel myself off the couch and go for a walk there's none of that actual effort behind it that's having to happen um so it's really it doesn't feel like it, yeah. it serves very much so it's like not real it's almost like yeah instead of taking a pill that increases your dopamine it's like you're taking a digital interface mm-hmm. that'll like kind of give you like a pill because it's like okay i haven't checked my instagram or facebook whatever in a little while oh here's 17 likes and then once you get that dopamine surge that, I feel like that, now what <laughs> that's it right and then it's gone and it's fleeting it's quick and it's sort of mm-hmm. just like a it's basically like a quick high. It's like a little dopamine surge. That's interesting. So I guess there's like different levels of like dopamine. Uh, like that's why hiking I think is very good because uh, it takes a long time to like hike to get up um, a mountain and you're mm. kind of progressing towards that gratification of like achievement, physical like endurance and you're accomplishing something and it's I don't know. It's like Yeah, the whole the podcast was about successful, like successful people. And I guess that's, he was saying a lot of times, like that's why people burn out when we're addicted to that end goal of, you know, I'm going to create a business and then you create the business and then you've got it. And then, and then what? Like it's over. But when we can kind of rewire our brains to almost being addicted to that pursuit um like addicted to the journey rather than the destination yeah it's the pursuit of happiness exactly like the obtaining of happiness because you could get everything you ever wanted but then what do you do you sit back on the throne right and like or it's not as good as we expected like we get to the top of the mountain and maybe it starts raining so we don't get to see that view that we thought was just going to be incredible yeah what's the next journey what's the next right. thing because you can't just stand still you have to be uh-huh. motivated you have to be doing things that's, that's i think that's a bit of our nature yeah. mm-hmm. wow hmm. that's uh, i don't know that's definitely how i've been living my life and i mean i've had like a ton of adventures i went through let's see this summer I did the Alberta foothills, which has like a bunch of these like feral horses, which are basically, wow. yeah, they used to be like domesticated, but they've been wild for, I guess like I let into the wild. Now they're kind of just like, so when you drive through there, you'll see just like these herds of horses, these little small herds, just kind of beautiful animals. And so those were awesome to like take videos of and stuff like that. Um, I went up through Jasper a handful of times. I'm trying to find caribou. I can't find any caribou. I have like this like plan of making like a Christmas card with like caribou pictures on them, but I can't get. A you can't find any caribou. No. Nah. Yeah, lots of elk, lots of mule deer, lots of white-tailed deer. I've been seeing a lot of elk Moose, too. But no, uh, no caribou. Those good old crescent-horned little deers, you know. Huh. I don't think I've ever seen a caribou either. <clears throat> yeah i don't know they're kind of like i don't know they're falling pr- like predation on a lot of different reasons through like tourism and i don't know avalanches and just predation from other animals they're having a rough go of it all to be honest so i don't know they're harder and harder to find you gotta go further and further north there's larger uh herds up there but 
I don't know. I can't really go miles and miles away sometimes. I don't, I don't know. Maybe next weekend. I got a long weekend, but the weather's uh, the weather's not the greatest right now. So I think it might be snowboard season and podcast season. That's another thing. There when you the weather go. gets cold, and just to start podcasting again. Uh, the pod, my podcast has actually been on hiatus for months now, which has been disappointing. I think that probably threw a wrench in the whole progression path. But I'm glad. I don't know if you know this. You're basically the first episode of like I guess the comeback of uh, this new series. Yeah, the, and it's weird because I think it ended off on like a bench snow mark. It was like episode 25 or 26, and it was supposed to go to like episode 50, and then we're well, I want to go even further beyond, but it. I feel like every like you know benchmark is like 25 was a benchmark i think 10 was a benchmark as well and then 50 will be a benchmark and then 100 probably or 75 but um i felt like this has been a pretty good one so far you're very like for someone that's been you know lonely and isolated not sure how her, <laughs> like, her uh conversations will be going and stuff like that you are definitely way more uh, enjoyable to talk to than some other people I've spoken to because a lot of people they get well, on thank here you. and they're uh, they're rigid they're kind of like robotic they're kind of nervous but you're you seem very fluid you know you seem very like open I honestly I'm just so excited to be talking to you today <laughs> thanks for doing this yeah no worries like thank you because hopefully you know this inspires a few other people that you know come on the podcast and have some good discussions and stuff like that I've had some really good ones too some really knowledgeable people but uh yeah i don't know if i yeah i think moral of the story do the thing yeah and if you're unhappy with with the routine and and life and miserable then do something else it's really all just i say this one a lot it's it's all just an experiment and you know life in general it's just an experiment and when we try something like i mean alcohol for example um using abusing alcohol it could be sort of this experiment we recognize what it does to us how it makes us feel and then maybe okay let's try next time i go out to a party maybe i drink like a little bit less or maybe i don't have any drinks at all and like see how that feels and then noting how that makes how that made you feel like how the next day that made you feel and sort of just living like everything is an experiment try things if they don't work out try something else and then maybe we forget and we go back to the original experiment and then remember again oh wait that one sucked and then try something else again here's something that this actually reminds me of i've i've been wondering um for a while and i'm still this is something i've been recently struggling with is like most of my life i've been focusing on sort of freeing myself of vice and becoming a more um someone in line with like the positive spectrum of existence you know mm-hmm. but then you know as i studied philosophy or self-read up on philosophy this this weird notion has kind of like slipped into my brain it's almost been like a parasite but it's really something i like contemplate about is um in order to be a truly complete person you have to come to terms or like a balance with the negative aspects of your person or your like your personality. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you, do you make peace with your demons and like accept it for what it is to be whole? Or do you try to like eliminate them? Hmm. 
so this is something i've been thinking about is like you know do you constantly ascribe to be like a god or do you just i feel like there's got to be a little bit of both like acknowledging where you are right now and you know recognizing that there is no perfect we're never going to be perfect but honoring what is right now but also recognizing that you know you can always be better and we can always be growing and like the pursuit of happiness thing we can always be seeking better and better versions of ourselves not that this one isn't good enough but yeah I it's don't know. all about it's all about change and like trial and, and error i think I, I think of like the yin and the yang and it's like kind of like being a perfectly balanced person it's like one way to look at it but then there's also like the other way of looking at it where it's like no i want to like uh i guess like what's like just being like freeing yourself of all vices sort of like a like a like a buddhist way of doing it mm-hmm. i don't know it's hard to explain because i think they do have the yin and yang in that as well or like recognizing a little bit of evil and all good and a little bit of good and all evil sort of thing i don't know i'm this is part of my journey is to figure out like the type of person i'm supposed to be or how i should be engaging with things like should i be drinking you know as much as i do which isn't very much or you know in uh canada we have recreational marijuana you know is that something that you know should be done is that you know uh, there's a i feel like the thing with stuff like this and it's sort of in the in the lens of everything is an experiment and like the shoulds living by the shoulds really with any substance like whether it be alcohol or drugs or you know processed foods or the music that we're listening to the relationships that we're having um the way that we're treating our bodies like with with anything we absorb from our environment like bad and wrong is relative so you know i mean yeah i guess so the, the yeah. Catholics like drink wine in their worship and it's not alcohol is bad. It's, it's the way, you know, can, can we integrate integrity into what we're doing? And rather than just using substances to try to mask something or to change ourselves or to enjoy a, a certain event more, Mm-hmm. so you basically know, moderation like yeah key. kind yeah. of moderation but also you know how would how would this event go to that i would usually down like six white claws for how would <laughs> how would this concert feel if i stayed extra hydrated and rested halfway halfway through so i could sustainably dance all night and the next day i'll feel great and i'll sleep good that night like what's I don't know. I feel like there's not a bad or a wrong. Um, Right. I feel like there's not a bad or a wrong. It's just kind of relative to the person and the setting and also phases and seasons of our lives. Like maybe one chapter, certain things you found work for you don't really work for you in the present chapter. Yeah. 
Oh man, life is so. That's the complexity of life. Like it's just yeah. there's no answer. There's no mm-hmm. rule book. There's no guidebook. It's kind of like right. here's a flimsy sort of, you know, way of living. But uh, I mean, it might not even work for you. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah, just kind of take it at face value and figure it out. I guess that's part of it. Is just learning along the way. Um. Yeah. Right. Dang, life is complicated, but uh, I mean, let's see, to quote, um, let's see, a line from my favorite anime, going back to uh, the Full Metal Alchemist, when you said nothing in life is perfect, uh, there's a line in there that says, um, nothing in life is perfect, uh, not even the earth, the earth sits on a tilted axis, mm-hmm. but if it wasn't for that imperfection, earth wouldn't be as beautiful as it is right now yeah and that so it's sort of like that imperfection is uh yeah responsible for all of the beauty that we have in a way it's like that imperfection and uh, it is this is sort of the same thing my perspective on failure it's like i messed up i did this bad thing that i shouldn't have done but really like the imperfections the failures the quote unquote bad things it's all just weaving together and creating this very perfect experience that is life it's everything's going to rebalance itself you know and it's like we're always seeking that rebalancing of things but if sometimes i feel like if we just let go and allow things to unravel as they naturally do everything will rebalance itself eventually and then it'll unbalance again and then it'll rebalance and it just is a constant kind of back and forth yeah i like it when things are perfectly imperfect Mm -hmm. it's like the flaws that make us unique the that give us charm that give us character i don't know I, I feel like too many people are looking for perfection, but I think maybe you, we should start looking for imperfection to find exactly you know, like the perfectly imperfect. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How was um? Sorry, just to kind of change the direction of the conversation. I don't know how much time you have for today, but we're at an hour right now. I have. I don't have any time limits. I'm basically retired. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh how was your experience skydiving? Oh, skydiving. So that one kind of, I actually had sprained my ankle bouldering up in um, the Seattle area. And I'm all alone in these places. Like Washington is hundreds of, I want to say it's over a thousand miles away from my family in South Texas, and even my closest friends in Colorado, probably like 800, 1,000 miles away. Uh, So I sprained my ankle and that was kind of a heavy week. Um, I remember whenever the 
employee that worked at the climbing gym I was at had walked over to me and was like, oh, are you okay? Do you have anyone that we can call? I looked up at him and was like, I have nobody. (laughs) I've ran into that a lot of times before. Yeah. I was always like, they're like, okay, you need to have someone come pick you up or whatever at the hospital. It's like, I like, literally oh. have nobody. <laughs> the, the world is so I kind of, <laughs> I kind of felt bad for myself for a couple days and was hobbling around like, well, you know, it's, it's fall. It's about to be snowy and I can't go on any crazy hikes anymore. So that also, maybe that was another thing that contributed to my adventures sort of feeling like they've slowed down a bit, but I did a lot of feeling bad for myself that week and woke up one day and was like, this sucks. This part of the experiment, no thanks. I'm going to try something else and thought, you know, what is something I always have wanted to do? What's another bucket list item um, that I don't necessarily need a function, functionable left ankle for. Um, and so I looked up skydiving stuff in the area Um, It was something that I've had friends that I've wanted to do it with, but I don't really like having to wait around for people. Like if I want to do something, then I'm going to do it. Yes, exactly. So I booked this skydiving thing and just went all by myself. And um, it was a tandem skydive, of course. So I was attached to a professional that had done it hundreds of times. He was super nice. Um, And we put on these jumpsuits and boarded this plane, this tiny little, it had, you know, one of those doors that you pull up um, and it's totally open to the elements. And we got in last. So I quickly realized, wait a minute, does that mean we're jumping out of this plane first? And I think there was a smile on my face from the moment that I watched the little training video when I was there until like an hour or two after I got back to the house I was staying in. Um, So it wasn't really, I don't think I was nervous. I was pretty excited, but he was taking some videos and stuff and looking back in the videos, I was clearly something was going on. I was like nervous, excited. I have no idea, but we got up in this plane and, um, the guy that I was attached to said, okay, help me open the door. We opened the door, this tiny little plane and you know, the wind is blowing really strong, kind of like you see in the movies. Um, and we scooched up to the edge, our feet are dangling out of the sky, you know, over 10,000 feet in the air. And I almost kind of like blacked out in a way. Like I don't remember getting from sitting on the edge of this plane to being in the air. It was like one moment we were sitting there. I was like, are we going to go? Are we going to go? And then we're just in the air falling. Just survival mode kicks in. Yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of crazy. The thing with skydiving, like that first bit of free fall, I want to say it was like a full minute or so of just falling before he pulled the parachute. It really didn't even feel like we were falling. Like that roller coaster sensation didn't even happen until um, he pulled the parachute. So we were just sort of there, like flying almost. That's kind of cool. Because I guess the body isn't really, hasn't evolved to really experience that kind of feeling. So it doesn't really know how to make us feel in that circumstance. So it's like... I have no idea. There was no, my tummy is dropping. It was just like, we're flying. And then he pulled the parachute and all of a sudden, like 
then that tummy drop sensation kind of kicks in, but it was fun. Once, once the parachute was going, then we got to kind of steer around and I got a little bit nauseous when I got back down to earth, uh, which apparently is normal, but I remember feeling, I felt high. I don't think like that I have, I, it, it was like just so much, every single bit of happy hormones that I had in my brain were released all at once. It was crazy. And I felt, I mean, I, when I got back to my car, I called my mom and re-explained the story to her. And it still felt like I wasn't even, you know, didn't even have like both my feet steady on the ground. I was just like, Ooh, I'm floating and flying yeah. around. Like This is how adrenaline drunkies start. Adrenaline. Yeah. That must've been a lot of adrenaline. Yeah, I love it. I mean, like, how will anything ever excite me again to that extent after having that might be peak, that might be peak adrenaline unless you start doing like parasailing or something. You start jumping off mountains with like a glider. Yeah, base jumping. Yeah, uh, I did a couple. T- I bridge jumped a couple times, seventy-five foot uh, bridges into rivers and uh, like or hundred foot bridges into like rivers and. That was pretty nerve-wracking, but yeah. I mean, every time I did it, I always kind of like felt really, really good after. And right. I usually did it when like something bad happened in my life. I'd be like, "All right, this happened to me, so now whatever. If it's a breakup or you lost someone close to you, it's like I'm gonna kind of go jump off this bridge again that I like in a to jump safe off. Manner. And, it's, and mm-hmm. it's safe. It's relatively safe. Like tons of people jump there, and it's kind of proven. But I guess it's not like regulated or anything technically so i guess that there is some sort yeah that's of what they say about skydiving it's it's pretty safe yeah i mean yeah i, I think the bridge jumping safe i mean i've seen countless people do it i've seen people do like backflips and stuff off of it so i'm like well okay you know, if, if they can do it like no one's died yet doing these bridges like i mean certain if you've never done a bridge before and you haven't seen other people do it you should question whether the water's deep enough or whatever right but if it's proven okay whatever it's safe enough for me i guess Anyway, I would do like these plunges and I don't know, in a way I felt like, you know, it was kind of like leaving my, the old me behind and sort of like, you know, new me comes out kind of, oh, like, you know, I do. That's kind of, that. yeah, that's sort of like, it's sort of like killing my old self in a way or like the, uh, or like the pain or whatever I'm carrying. And it's sort of like, okay, we'll yeah. leave it all there in the river and then, uh, carry on. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know there's, I'm going to, that just made me think of, uh, like a thing with salmon. I don't know if you're familiar with like the fish salmon. Oh, probably. they swim up the river. Yeah, they swim up the river, and there's like countless of them dying along the way. Either whether it's like oh, wow. exhaustion or like predation. So like in a way, they're kind of like swimming through like the spirits of like their kin or like ancestors or like relatives and stuff, which is kind of like a oh wow like an interesting sort of like I don't know. I recently heard a thing about salmon. Sort of the the analogy that they used was life and challenges are kind of rushing at them and they're just taking it head on like yeah. swimming against the river like that 100 percent. they're kind of badass and i always disregarded them but now i have like a whole new respect for them seriously salmon yeah they're like a like a they're just a badass fish like i don't know it's <laughs> like it's like the american like the bald eagle like you know like yeah, that's you know, a badass bird it's a badass bird there's that bigger like eagles out there and stuff like that but they're not really as high regarded but like it's like um the salmon it's just sort of thought of as like something you eat it's not really ever thought of being like a badass but uh, i mean like people always talk about like sturgeon because they're like huge and dragon like but like you know salmon man 
give the salmon, salmon. Its, <laughs> give, it, give it its recognition it's props and it's like i don't know it overcomes like adversity and like challenge Seriously. and i don't know it's something to kind of like it's not an easy way to swim against the current like that yeah especially when there's like bears like just standing in the water right? waiting for you like swiping and, i don't know what could i i want to share with you um a good place to visit if you ever come back up to canada i don't know there's like oh, obviously please like, Obviously, Banff, you kind of, I don't know how much of it you saw. It's a pretty big park, but the town itself is pretty interesting. Um, I do. I explore the town a little bit, but usually when I am adventuring like that, a lot of people and crowds are. It takes away the magic. Yeah, Yeah. I try not to. It makes it dirtier somehow. Definitely. I'm not really there to like socialize and see cities and stuff. So uh, there's like the three major like lakes people kind of get that are known for moraine lake louise and then mm-hmm. pato and pato's a little further north kind of towards jasper and uh, mm-hmm. they're all really pretty easily accessible and uh, so i didn't like, see uh, it's moraine yeah i didn't get to see that one because you have to get some sort of bus ticket no it you can drive up but it's that parking lot's like small yeah, park- and it's usually packed right so they That's, close it off before you drive up the mountain pass so you either got to go super early or super late yeah and, um, uh, I missed my window for that but I did get I did make one of the last parking spots to get to see Lake Louise nice yeah nice that one was grab. awesome I did the Lake Louise hike recently where I went up to like the beehive and stuff and just kept climbing up uh-huh. and up um, I climbed that it, was hard <laughs> I climbed it um, later in the evening to get parking um and I watched the sunset from the top of the mountain. Oh, wow. Uh, but then it was like pitch black as I was going down. Oof. And that is the most terrifying experience I think I've had in recent uh-huh. memory. And I was kind yeah, of like... Yeah, that text- beehive, that was pretty steep. Yeah. And then I'm sort of like texting people and being like, this is what I'm doing. Like, if I go missing, it was a bear. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> But, like, there's lots of... There's horse trails up that trail, too. So, there's lots of, like, horse, like, manure mm-hmm. and stuff. And the bears are more interested in that, like, than anything else. And I don't know. So, it's... I guess you're kind of okay because they have their food options available to them that they're kind of, I guess, prone to eating because I guess the horses go up there quite often. And I Yeah, I remember seeing signs, like, we have families of bear that live here. Yeah. So... I don't know. I was going down there like pitch black. I had like my phone blasting some podcasts as loud as it could. So it sounded like people. I had the light on my phone going and I was just kind of doing like, I didn't want to jog, but I wanted to get out there as fast as possible. But I felt (laughs) like if I ran, then I'd come across like a, like prey. So then I had to like walk like steadfast kind of throughout the night. And it was just, I don't know. It was terrifying. It really uh, gave me a frame of understanding of where I'm at in my mind. It's like, I, I know I don't want to die. Uh-huh. I, know I have a high uh uh survival instinct and like uh in, like motivation and i don't know it, it was kind of thrilling it gave me adrenaline and i was i was like oh no this is not a bad this is a this is a bad cor- correlation of things to do it's a com- <laughs> <laughs> risk meets like adventure like it's not a good i also thing. saw some avalanches happen Did you- and this was in what this would have been in july i think yeah, there were some like snowy mountains that had big chunks break off that we yeah. saw. You saw it? 
Yeah, I saw a few happen. It was down at the end by the some tea house. Oh, dang. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could hear it, and we didn't really know what the sound was at first. It's terrifying. But it yeah. kept happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like lightning or something, like thunder, or like this mm-hmm. weird like, thunder. I was in Emerald Lake, and it's surrounded. It's in BC. Maybe, I, okay, I think that's Yoho. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, Dog Lake was Kootenai. I'm pretty sure Emerald Lake is, that's another beautiful lake to go see if you ever come back. But um, okay. Emerald Lake, I was out there kayaking earlier this spring, or sorry, canoeing. And um, we were out in the middle of the lake, and we just hear, like, this weird, like, thunder sound. It was just like, and so we're looking off in the distance, and we're like, it's coming from that direction. And then you just sort of see, like, the, like, snow smoke. You know how, like, the right. snow kind of toss up in the air. We couldn't see the actual avalanche because it was on the other side of the mountains and stuff like that. But we're like, I'm like oh, my God, there's an avalanche <laughs> happening. And it kind of makes sense, right, because that's, like, the... Um, I guess like the glacial part of the mountains mm-hmm. where there's like lots, but it's also like turning into spring. So if it's getting a slightly bit yeah. warmer, things are going to start slipping. And sl- so I don't know. It was kind of terrifying, but also like awe, like awing as well because I guess right. like, I was safe like where I was, but it was just like the force of nature. And it's I like, know, it's and just, you feel so so involved almost yeah. getting to witness that. Yeah, it's uh there's lots of things that I witness like along the way, whether it be like an encounter with an animal whether it be um uh beautiful like sunbeams coming through the clouds a sunset Mm -hmm. or like an avalanche or something like that that i don't they're fleeting moments and i don't necessarily have cameras with me or maybe i do but i don't i decide this moment's going to be too short and fleeting that i can't yeah bother wasting it it with uh taking videos of it so these ones are just for me and i like regard those moments as just being like special moments that were only meant for me or Mm -hmm. i guess whoever else is kind of bearing witness uh, that by chance and and it's kind of just like i don't know i think of them as being special but it's i don't know i've been seeing a lot of shooting stars lately and those have been another thing like you can't really capture it but they're so special when they happen. Yeah, yeah. The the night sky, you need a lot of equipment to capture it, and yeah, even then, like, why bother? Like, yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's the, the the when you get out into like the mountains and there's no light pollution and you can see the vastness of it, and it just gets brighter and brighter and brighter. It's amazing. And then when the mm-hmm. northern lights just happen to be there that weekend or whatever Ooh, i haven't seen that oh that's my awesome God. they're beautiful um the further north you go the more colors you get mostly in the banff area you're just going to get the green but nonetheless it's still really cool and i don't know if you ever get a chance to go to like uh alaska or something like that maybe jump on that oh i totally will and um it's i don't know i've always said this to like a lot of my friends that i've had on the podcast and stuff it's like if you could choose to have your life surrounded by beauty of mountains, the stars, the northern lights, this charismatic megafauna, uh, incredible ancient trees, and this and that. Like the, the list goes on. These beautiful, like emerald blue colored lakes, turquoise lakes. Like, That's Alaska. Oh, I don't know if Alaska's like <laughs> that, but they, they have mountains and stuff, and there's probably areas that are beautiful. But it's like, why not live there? So for me, that was Alberta because it's uh, a it's a drive away it's not super close but it's you know you can get 
you get enough of it whereas you know you live on the east coast you don't really get a lot of that so it's i don't know for me i I, beauty was a big motivator as well it's just the beauty of the natural world and uh i don't know what's what do you think is the most place you recommend in the states in terms of natural beauty to go visit even if it is kind of like a paved road like in yellowstone or something like that um so yellowstone was really cool and i actually just accidentally drove through it i didn't realize that that was on my route um leaving i was coming from the grand tetons and going up to north idaho and all of a sudden it was like welcome to yellowstone national park so i just like pulled off and like saw old faithful and there were these rainbow pools um those were really neat but I don't know that that in terms of just natural beauty and those magical moments and stuff. um, I felt a lot of that in the States at Grand Tetons was a really cool trip because I got to do, I did paddle boarding. I rode my bike. I did some hiking. I got to see the stars, like take cool pictures there. It was like, probably only two days that I was there and it was every moment was just adventure and excitement. Um, and it's a lot less heavily trafficked than where I was in Yellowstone. Um, so you can kind of find those little pockets of stillness and silence and, you know, wake up early and do a little hike that nobody else is on. Um, that one was a really neat place. And then also, I recently, driving down um, the West Coast, got to stop in Redwoods National Forest in Northern California. And the Redwoods are the tallest trees in the world. These things, I couldn't even wrap my mind around how big these things were. It was like looking up at a skyscraper. They were so tall. Um, And it really kind of, it sort of, it sort of gave me some perspective about and my brain did the whole thing with like, oh, time and humans are just so insignificant and, and small. And I feel like a little bug, a little ant, just like walking next to the trunk of this gigantic tree and thinking about, you know, how many decades and centuries this tree has seen and what all it has experienced and the storms that it's weathered and lived through it just that place is amazing um and i when i got there it was pouring down rain so i got to sleep like next to this creek that was the rain was dripping down on it and you could hear the rain on the on the ground around me. And I, I think I slept like 10 hours in this forest. <laughs> it was so peaceful. Um, it just felt like, you know, the trees are like watching over me and protecting me. That was a really, really neat place. That's amazing. I was just in uh, British Columbia a couple weekends ago. And uh, this place is called the Ancient Forest. It's just mm-hmm. northwest of a small town known as McBride. And, uh, same thing like and here's the thing with canada there's very few places like british columbia has some places where they have those ancient types of trees obviously not as big as the ones in the states but or as ancient but uh most of canada was throughout history crushed by glaciers constantly like 
every winter oh. sort of mowing everything down so it never gave uh-huh. things really the opportunity to grow so a lot of our trees aren't you know we don't have like those ancient forests so the places we do have they somehow through the course of time were just nestled into the right spot where mm-hmm. they avoided destruction and stuff like that which makes them a l- pretty magical in a way like that they've kind of overcome the odds of time yeah just through sheer luck i guess but uh yeah the ancient forest like how incredible what types of animals have you know rubbed their velvet of their Uh horns on them to like you know rub it off of those animals like even exist anymore did they perish away in like the pleistocene era or whatever like right you know and it's and now you're another animal that's Uh enjoying them and taking shelter under them and it's like these things just have kind of like withstood the test of time there there's definitely something um uh humbling about them and potentially spiritual when you go there to be like meaningful um i highly recommend going to any of those ancient forests and tree places like you said like right the old growth they have some of that um i want to say montana i visited another old growth forest and these trees are so big like you walk around the thing and you know to put the term tree hugger into perspective (laughs) like you spread your arms as wide as they can go and you're just like kind of stuck to the side of this tree it's so big um and like all of the old moss and stuff that started to cover the sides those things are old yeah trees um i love trees and they've been around for quite a while and you think they would sort of had developed or evolved ways to sort of better defend themselves but i've gone down the tree rabbit hole recently for like some of these like research papers on them so apparently there's studies where if you play the sound of like caterpillars eating trees or like leaves on trees the trees in the surrounding area will change their chemical composition to be less tasty to them so there is like a to some degree trees can hear or maybe sense vibration well and uh, also they communicate i've heard they communicate with each other like through their root systems yeah releasing like these like chemical compounds and stuff that kind of Mm -hmm. signal i'm being eaten right now you guys need to prepare for this or whatever. run away yeah (laughs) there's some studies that show like the sharing of nutrients where one has access and another one other things may need them um there's there's one research paper i think it was done in japan i'm not sure about how reliable it is but um they say that trees release kind of like these things called like volatile compounds and they believe one of these volatile compounds is actually really good for like uh inflammation in humans so when you're in like a tree uh like heavy area like going on a hike for example uh you're sort of breathing in these things and you know, it's helping with, you know, inflammation and that sort of stuff, potentially. I don't the research paper is, I think it's debated a bit, but it's still like an interesting idea that there might be things we're not completely aware of. In oh, totally. It's probably hard to test stuff like that in nature. Yeah. Like there's so many different confounding variables that you can't control. Yeah, but exactly. I don't doubt it. I mean, we all know the benefits of having a bad day step outside like sit in the sun for a second and the wonders that it can do for our mental health yeah so i don't know for me it's always like the physical fitness aspect of it 
all these kind of like unknown health benefits that you don't really know what's going on around you maybe just being exposed to like different pollens and Mm -hmm. uh, spores from fungus and stuff like that maybe that's somehow helping our immunity helping your immunity or building something in you or who knows i don't know but it's like i don't know i've never really felt like i had a negative experience besides with insects those things sometimes are horrible <laughs> but <laughs> uh ticks can be a problem so you know wear your long leg pants and high boots and kind of yeah we get those giant cockroaches down where i'm from like four inch long cockroaches that fly what they're they're <laughs> what nightmares are made of four inch okay they're huge and they fly okay that's a giant like that's like a bird it's that's, scary it's a small bird it is scary yeah. and the crazy thing is like they don't bite or sting or really do anything bad or to hurt you they're just horrifying i, I think i would have an issue crushing one because it's yeah like, it's i mean they're so fast and they fly at you it's ugh. i feel like if you crushed a cockroach that big your base that's like the same as like stepping on like a finch like a little bird. baby squirrel or yeah. like a baby squirrel or like it's like we're it's getting into this weird territory of like you know killing bugs is sometimes okay but now when they're bigger it's like it's not now it's not a bug anymore it's like it's an animal, a whole like individual yeah <laughs> oh man yeah i have some child trauma with those bugs <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I stepped on a couple of bumblebees when i was a kid oh I, I, I once grabbed the bee in the schoolyard when I was in like grade three to get out of school. <laughs> Good I was, idea. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm grab a bee at recess, get stung, and go home. I thought it was like the most brilliant idea until my jokes on you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Ginger. I don't know. Uh, you got any other stories to share? You think, or I reckon we wind this down. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure I have so many, but yeah, I noticed as you like nonchalantly talk, you're like, oh, I was just bouldering. Yeah, wherever and i'm like that's a story in on its own i'm like you, you it's funny like every day is basically a journey and adventure for you that people would probably be like what the heck she does that she does this and this and so that. i think one thing one thing that i i taught myself pretty early on was yes every day is every day is an adventure and every day has the opportunity to be super exciting when i'm living this lifestyle mm-hmm. but I was on kind of this fast track to burnout kind of living like that early on in this adventure. Um, like it's okay to take rest days. And even when I am in, you know, Montana or somewhere extremely beautiful, if I am tired and I want to take the day to sit inside and binge watch garbage reality TV, I have learned to let myself do that. Um, because it's really, it's, it's not super sustainable to think that every day I need to be climbing mountains and, you know, jumping out of planes. Like that's not really reality. Um, it's more of like, I would say every week I have a couple pretty notable adventures that I go on, but that's a good pace. That's what I try to keep it at too. But as the winter encroaches, the adventures become less and less available hey until your snowboard comes in we'll have some of those adventures (laughs) yeah it's a new journey i don't i don't know we'll see how that goes it'll be awesome but um yeah i definitely admire your 
uh, decisions and like how you're living your life and being able to go place to place and sort of like experiencing all these different things and like thrill seeking adventure seeking travel like I don't know like maybe that is the right way I don't know people I don't know if people say that's the wrong way I think it's just different strokes for different <laughs> folks and it's like reverse retirement program. I've heard some people compare it to well here's the like thing with doing retirement. the travels now here's the thing with retirement yeah I, th- I don't know if I said this on the on the when I met you with the hike but it's like people work tirelessly until they're about 50 or 60 years old and then they look forward to retirement but by the time you get there your bones and muscles and ligaments aren't the same oh totally and you can't can't even do the things that you've been wanting to do yeah and you might like you might not even be fortunate enough to live that long you might have diseases you might have like a bum knee you might have Uh all these and also at that point it's like it's kind of cool being in my early 20s and really I don't have any obligations outside of myself. Like I have family in Texas and I have a partner that lives in Colorado, but I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not a mom. I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, a, an office I need to go to every day. My obligations are probably as minimal as they will ever be again in my life. Mm-hmm. So Take My, advantage I, of it. Yeah, yeah, I have way less excuses right now than I will have, you know, 10 years from now. So might as well, might as well do the thing. Yeah, you might as well do the thing if it's the thing to do because you might not get another opportunity. Exactly. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I say take advantage of the cards you're dealt. We've given lemons, make lemonade. And if you're given apples, make an apple pie. If you're given mm-hmm. whatever, you just got to roll with it. Because sometimes you don't choose what life throws at you, but you can kind of choose how you react to it. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So maybe it's not what you wanted, but maybe it's what you needed. Who knows? You know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think being this whole solo adventure thing, um, I think in my mind when I started it, I was like, I'm going to meet all these people from all over. And I have done a lot of that. I've, I've sort of networked like around the country at this point, but it's been little sprinkles of it here and there. And I've sort of come to realize that I knew I was a social butterfly before this started. And that sense of community that you can, sort of dive into on a deeper level when you stay in a place longer than, you know, a few weeks at a time. Um, It's been missing for me. And that's sort of been one of the trial and error things I found from doing, doing things this way all alone is Mm -hmm. like, I miss that community connection, which is why I'm getting super excited for moving to this farm that I'm going to be on in the new year, because that's a whole um, intentional community they have going on there and there'll be familiar faces and people that I see every day and every week and it'll be a lot more of that still sort of I think with the same nomadic lifestyle of you know being a minimalist and and really living a lifestyle that I can shift and I can pivot and I can move and transition and you know lean different ways depending on how that unravels but um it'll it'll be nice just to kind of um 
they say you can't grow branches without growing roots. And this past year, I feel like I have been exclusively branching out and growing so many branches all over. And it is, it's definitely time for me to root down a bit. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. So it's almost like the, the real treasure was the friends you made along the way. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like an after school special. no but it's true the relationships are important people are important sometimes and it's just like yeah it's part of the journey anyway it's been a it's been a blast talking to you it's been insightful it's been inspiring and uh maybe we can do this again at some point and recap some of your adventures yeah We'll, we'll have to touch base and I'll give you some insight to the farming lifestyle next time. We'll check in and see how that's going. Yeah, you're going to be the leader of the farm. You're going to be the new, like, <laughs> <laughs> I am running a farm now. Everybody come join. Uh, do you have anything that uh, people can follow you on uh, social media wise and stuff like that? Or Yeah, I've got, I'm on Instagram. I'm Ginger on her journey on Instagram. And I, I try to sporadically like keep up with the, keep up with the posts and stuff, especially while I'm traveling. But I tried to do the whole real thing for a while. And that just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It, uh, for a little payoff. Yeah. 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 It takes a lot to be famous. And I, I wasn't willing to put forth that effort, so my Instagram fame is on hold. <laughs> I think uh, you'll you'll steadily climb. I think as you meet more and more people and similar interests and stuff like that. I'm trying to take all my um, acquaintances and friends and all the people I meet along the way, kind of like with me. If I ever reach some sort of like level of notoriety i'm bringing them all with me baby they're all coming yeah with me. yeah i've spread the wealth We're all right i'm moving <laughs> to canada <laughs> oh no, we got we, we need people everywhere we need you in the states we need people okay okay yeah, got yeah, it yeah yeah we're gonna it's a, the big <laughs> the uh the nature's epion like tree of life of just like people and, oh that's beautiful yeah, connections i always tell people that i'm like don't worry if we if I make it, we're all gonna make it. We're 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 in this in for a penny, in for a pound. We're gonna do it. We're gonna find a way. Oh, I love that. Just through like the interconnectedness. <laughs> it might take like a decade or so and we'll be old and crummy by then, but whatever. Yeah, at least it happens. So tale yeah. to tell. Someone's gotta replace the people that are famous now at some point. There has to be the next right? generation of like people are gonna get bored of the current celebrities. They're gonna and, age out. The podcasters uh-huh. and stuff like that, they're gonna age out. Hopefully, you know, if I do the consistent game you know the 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 proverbial tortoise approach to the tortoise and hair race you know all yeah right there, <laughs> there you go again, yeah but uh, well yeah. thank you so much for having me this has been this has been great it's really like i'm glad highlight it, of my yeah. day highlight of my week nice i'm glad it took away from the loneliness this morning and you know, yeah i appreciate it I, hopefully i dropped some knowledge bombs and some thoughts and some food for thought on you no totally i'm leaving here feeling really inspired to for whatever whatever's next whatever whatever happens yeah i hope when people listen to this they get motivated to kind of get out an adventure i hope they you know decide what works better for them and stuff like that so yeah i hope there's some people that listen to this that are like 
do you know what? I am miserable in my job and the way that I'm doing things. And they feel the encouragement to just drop it all and completely switch things. Because you can do that at any second. And I believe in you. You've got it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's gonna. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut her down here now.